Hello. Hello, Bill. How's the weather up there in Georgia? <laughs> it's all right, Scott. Sorry about earlier. We were having some technical difficulties there. Bill, you know, we got a great show lined up today with our good buddy, George Belfonce Jr., uh, pit crew member for a lot of race teams. We're going to be bringing him in here shortly. Um, on tap today, we got a lot of talk, a lot to talk about, a lot, a lot to talk about. Uh, but, you oh, know, yeah. I want to thank our great sponsor, Timeshare Relief Association here in Orlando, Florida. They're a timeshare exit company. So if you're having experiencing bad issues with your timeshare, give them a call at 407-543-3420. And George, Bill, while we're waiting for what do you, what what do we got in store for you know for George? We're definitely gonna gonna be one lug nut thing for the cup series that's going to supposed to start next year i don't know if they're going to delay that with all this you know uh delays for the coronavirus but it's interesting i would think that if they were going to do it for one series they'd want to do it for all yeah i definitely george thank you for joining us on backyard racing nation podcast uh george we were talking a little bit earlier today about you know a lot of these things that we've been seeing nascar and iRacing do uh George, what is your feeling on what NASCAR and iRacing has done to get people involved with this sport, and and what's your take? Uh, I think it's awesome. I, you know, I, I, it's it's a means to an end. Um, you know, I've said this uh, uh, n- numerous times, and and a lot of you know a lot of people need to look at it from a, uh, a perspective where we're not trying to replace racing. We're just trying to, you know, have something. Um, to take up the time between uh, going to races or not going to the races, rather. So, you know, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's just a fun, uh, you know, really that's what it is. Just a fun deal that uh, people can come and enjoy if they want to. If you don't want to watch it, then you don't have to. It's you know, it's one of those things where you, you know, it's not a have to. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it definitely is fun to see, you know, from how it started as a game back when the NR2003 was first designed and then got some popularity online. Then iRacing comes into play and turned it from a game to now what's called a simulator where you're simulating track conditions, track temperature, rubber getting built up into the racetrack. The only thing they're not feeling is the heat from the car, the, the motion of the car, you know, the what, what we all drivers who are race a car, what we call the seat of the pants feel. Yep. Um, so it's definitely a, another level for these young drivers to learn experience on tracks they never get to without wasting time on, you know, tire bills to go test, testing, keeping costs of racing down a little bit, so to speak. Well, it's funny you say it with the, with the, the testing deal. These guys that are running, like, for the, the pro invitational races, I mean, they're, they're logging thousands and thousands of laps. You know, and we were racing at Bristol. Um, I was doing some testing with uh, – Garrett's uh, one of his engineers and we were trying to figure out okay if we run this line for you know 100 laps this is how the tire is going to react you know their race was it's it's a 50% race so it's 50% of what the normal um, allotment is or would be but um, we take all all that data put it together and um, and put it out there and try to run the best race that they can on Sundays because I mean, even though it's at the end of the day, we're all racers at heart. So you give us uh, a challenge, and you give us a car, and you give us a green and a checkered flag. We're all gonna we're gonna try to get that checkered flag. 
<laughs> a lot has been been made these last few weeks, especially after Timmy Hill won on all these high dollar setups compared to what Timmy Hill had, mm-hmm. you know, sitting there. I, I'm I'm curious, you iRace, uh what type of setup do you use? Uh so I built a, a PC personally uh going on three years ago now. Uh, and it's I mean it's just a it's a gaming computer that's designed to stream. Um so it's you know it's not crazy hopped up but i mean I, i'm sitting on a uh a, an l-shaped glass desk with a you know logitech g27 wheel that's bolted to it or not bolted but you know, clamped to it um so i mean it's almost like i'm sitting in a sprint car because it's sitting straight up but um i mean i've got a 32 inch curved screen ahead of me i don't have the three monitor setups i don't have the, the you know the quote-unquote racing seat and all that stuff but I still try to go fast and turn left. So <laughs> for sure, I, I seen one one uh, one meme going around this week. There was somebody that uh, had taken a picture of a um, like a like a TV stand or like a TV dinner stand or something, um, and it had a laptop on there with the wheel clamped to it um, in the bathroom. <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> that that was a good one. I thought I thought that it was, was a great. Good one. So, that that was good. So George, you do you do a lot of work for a lot of different teams. You work for Rick Ware Racing as a pit crew member for Garrett Smithley. You work for uh, Tommy Joe Martin's team. You work for uh, Tyler Young on the O two for uh, Tate um, Fogelman. Yeah, I was trying to think of his last name. <laughs> I almost called him Huffman. Um, yeah. <laughs> he he's new to me. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I know he ran some late models and everything, but he's new to me. Haven't got a really chance to talk to him or meet him yet because of this virus issue. Right. Uh, you know, we were supposed to <laughs> hopefully soon we can get back to racing and, you know, we'll be able to get up there and, and talk with Peyton, see where his background all started. But George, each, each racing weekend, if you're doing all three series the trucks, the Xfinity and the cup series, how much different is it for you? to get ready for these races um it really you know it depends because saturday and sunday we'll say saturday and sunday for sake of ease which is the xfinity in the cup series um we use the mandated pit guns um and for the arca and the truck series we use our own personal pit guns which we have spent you know a lot of time dialing in to what we like um which is what you know the they said the the multi multi hundred dollar uh, or multi million dollar programs that Gibbs had Hendrick um, Stuart Haas they had all these gun programs. When I say pit guns, I'm talking about the air wrenches, of course. Um, you know they spent a lot of time dialing in these these pit guns to turn at super high uh, RPM. So that's what we deal with on you know Arca and truck stuff. But then when we get to um, Xfinity and Cup. We get, we go to the racetrack, we set up the pit boxes, um, and we are handed these guns uh, two hours before green flag. So we don't really know what we're getting um, as far as it, with the technology, what happens. So, like, let's say you're building a motor and you're building the same motor over and over and over, you're going to get different horsepower numbers, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get yeah. horsepower and torque just because that's just the differences in the in the pieces well the same thing goes with our pit guns on saturday and sunday we might get 
one uh, pit gun that has, you know, 10% less RPM. So we have to adjust to that. You know, let's, let's say like the first first stop, you might have an issue because you're adjusting to what you have um, in your hands. You know, so there's a lot of variable there. But during a week, you know, we practice two days a week. Um, and say if we're doing a triple header, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we would more than likely travel on Thursday. Um, and then we, you know, do the race, go to a hotel, do the race, go to the hotel, do the cup race, and then go home. So it's just a lot. It's a lot of back and forth. But, you know, more races means more money at the end of the day. How much different do you think it's going to be with this one lug nut deal in the Cup Series compared to what you're changing now? Um, I, I mean, it's the choreography of the actual pit stop. I think it'll change a little bit, uh, but it's going to come down to uh, being more accurate and being quicker. So, um, you know, you're going to have to have faster jackmen that are going to be able to, you know, move that tire more quickly from point A to point B because uh, the faster that you can do that, you know the tire changer with with one lug nut. It's I don't want to say it's not hard. Um, it's going to be hard to do it quickly and efficiently without having any problems. Because right now with our five lug nut deal, uh, you know we can run with two or three lug nuts loose at certain tracks that you know low load tracks. Um, but with a single lug nut, you cannot have that thing loose because you're going to not no. have a good time. So you have to be a hundred percent perfect a hundred percent of the time whereas now we can you know err on you know 60 percent perfection you still have to hit them you still have to have five lug nuts installed uh unless you want to get a fine but yeah uh, you still have kind of a margin for a torque error i guess is the right way to say it when you're pitting do you have i mean you're you're getting ready to go over that wall and you're watching that car come down is how much of a factor is the adrenaline pumping through you and do your mindset in that pit box? It's, it's almost, um, it's, it's everything before you actually take that first step. So you've got all these things going on. Uh, you know, if they make a last second change, that's extremely nerve wracking for everybody. Um, because you're mentally preparing yourself for what you've been told and you you make yourself, calm down you know once we step foot off that wall everything is uh, muscle memory everything is is just it just flows um so at that point it's not so bad it's everything leading up to it you know you're as soon as the crew chief or the spotter says five away four you're watching that line from the stall ahead of you where you can jump you know consider it the jump line you're looking at that line and and you're just waiting. You're just waiting to kind of lean over and take those big steps to get out in front of the car or chase down the car if uh, if you're on the rear of the car. So, George, I know you used to be a tire carrier before. Now you're a tire changer. Mm-hmm. What 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 has what made you make the switch? Really? Well, actually, um, I still. I, I, I'm not technically a tire carrier. I'm, you know, I'm able to do it. You know, this year at Daytona when we were pitting the, we ended up pitting the 47 uh, Xfinity car and I carried tires on that. And I'm not a big guy. I'm, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not big enough to carry tires quickly, you know, as quick as the guys that are winning races. But um, I started changing tires 
because um, that's what I wanted to do when I was a, a you know old enough to know what I wanted to do, I guess. And then um, we were having trouble finding work for all the tire changers within uh, the pit school. So one day my boss asked if I would mind, you know, just throwing a couple tires for a couple of beginners. And I said, okay, I mean, I, I haven't done it, but I'll, it can't be that hard, right? So I went and did it, and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. So I got the job done. And then they, you know, my boss said, hey, well, you know, we can't send you, we don't have enough work for you to go to the track to change, but if you want to carry um, I can send you to X amount more races this year. I said, well, heck yeah, let's throw, throw me in there. I'll, I'll do it. So I carried, you know, off and on for, uh, three years. I mean, ultimately I've carried off and on for five, almost six years, but, uh, last year and the year before I pretty much changed the entire time. Do you have aspirations to maybe one day be up there on that pit box as a crew chief? No. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> too much stress. You know, um, I, the stress wouldn't bother me, but I, with so many variables, there's so many things riding on those guys at at any given point. Um, I, I guess because they have so much time to prepare for it. I mean, the, their their mindset is very similar to mine. Um, I kind of, I'm kind of an analytical, you know, kind of deal, but I don't, there's a lot of times where I don't factor in all of what can be done. So like, I'll get my, uh, get my head in a certain space and it's like, I'm just thinking about, you know, five options versus the, you know, 200 that you can possibly do. And, uh, I, I just, I'm not a think on the fly person like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not smart enough for that kind of stuff. I can count. I count to five, you know, four times. I take five lug nuts off, put them, put five lug nuts back on, go to the other side, and do it again. So I, yeah, I, I try to keep it pretty sim, pretty simple. <laughs> I, I, I think that's, that's that's pretty easy to do then. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how much does one of those tires weigh when you're carrying it? Um, at any any tracks bigger than a mile, uh, the the ones that we've run the inner liners at. They're about 70 pounds, 70, 75 pounds. Wow. And then um, the non-liners that we run at, you know, like, let's say uh, Bristol, our left side tires are non-liners. Uh, right sides are liners, if I'm not mistaken, because they have such high load tracks. Um, but anyway, uh, those are like 45, 45 to 50 pounds. Wow. I didn't, I, wow. wow. That's heavy. That's mm-hmm. real heavy. Um, and then our Arca tires, the general tires, are heavier. Really? I, I wouldn't <laughs> think that Arca would be heavier. Now, I, I know you do what we, you know, Bill and I both know you got from, we, we've been friends with you for a while now. We, we know you, you travel everywhere for all kinds of mm-hmm. races. What about your personal, your family, your, your girlfriend? Uh, what do you see happening in the next five years with all that and what's your, what you're doing? I mean, as far as, um, you know, it's going to see my family. My family lives in Minnesota. Um, obviously, I live in North Carolina, and my girlfriend currently lives in Maine. So there's a lot of outside travel. <laughs> a lot of travel. Happen. Well, it, like, uh, for instance, this year after we, we were done with Homestead, uh, the week after Homestead, or no, the week of Homestead, we uh, went deep sea fishing off the coast of uh, uh, Isla Mirada. 
and that was fun. We did that. But then I got home, and a week after that, um, I went up to Maine for what was it seven weeks, five weeks? It was a long five time. weeks. I think it was. It was a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was five weeks up there. Then I went home to Minnesota for two weeks, and then came to North Carolina and started practicing again for the season to start. So, when I get what? the opportunity to, I try to make the most of it. It just it's a lot of travel. Yeah. Um, what other duties might you have at the track besides changing that tire each week? Um, so like we'll say Phoenix last year, Xfinity race, we, uh, had an issue with our power steering pump, um, or our power steering, uh, reservoir hit, uh, there was something, something came loose and the, it got knocked down. So the fluid was leaking out the top of the, the breather. There's a little breather in the top of those that just allow the pressure uh, or the fluid levels to change without increasing or decreasing pressure. Um, so we were losing power steering fluid. Um, and then we've had, you know, when, when those kinds of things come up, um, that turns into our job as, you know, quote unquote, low budget pit crew. Um, your, your bigger teams, they'll, they'll send over a, um, a, a a mechanic that's traveling with the team to go take care of that stuff because i mean a lot of us pit crew are you know we're just quote-unquote big dumb animals you know we're there to take tires <laughs> off put them back on and uh, but there's a lot also a lot of guys that have that you know i, I guess it's kind of bragging on my part but i started in the sport uh learning how to build them uh in the shop i worked for richard petty motorsports for a few years and so i you know, came up learning how the cars were built. Um, and then moving through a couple other shops, uh, I was one that, you know, we had to go travel during the weekend that to work on the car and then I had to go pit it. So anytime things like that come up, um, we end up kind of being the pinch hitters to try to solve those problems, whether it be problems or, you know, if we have to make shock adjustments, if we have to, um, you know, I mean, just really anything like a battery. We just actually this year, Phoenix, we had, a, we had a battery um, die, and so take out the left rear tire, pull the old battery out, put another one in there, um, and take care of it. You know, sometimes if, uh, if the team blows a motor or something like that or, or has crash damage, we'll, when we're at the racetrack, we will do our best to try to help the team uh, expedite the process so that the car can get ready for qualifying or get on the grid for the race itself. Interesting. A lot more than most people would yeah. think that a crew would would be doing. Yeah, and we also um, we're the ones that go in there and set the car or set the pit box up too. So that's one of our first duties um, is to go in there and set up our our workspace for that day. Do you also go with? Are you the pro, the tire changers? The people that are going to go out there and glue those lug nuts on just how they want them? Yep. Um, when like let's say you go to the racetrack. You will not see anybody other than the tire changers gluing up their lug nuts because it's um, it's a continuity thing, I guess. It's if something happens with the lug nut and it comes comes off, or you know, if they sometimes get cross threaded. That's a lot. That's a question I get asked a lot: is can they get cross threaded? They can, but it's very rare. Um, but we have our own processes on gluing lug nuts, putting them on the wheel, how long before the race we glue them up and how much heat we want or don't want um, applied to them. So each changer has their own kind of process and because it ultimately falls back on them, if the mistake happens during the pit stop, then 
it's it's the uh, tire changer's fault at the end of the day. So we try to minimize any outside um, variables to keep that from happening. Yeah. Now, now I want to bring up something to you because you know at Homestead last year, you know we heard that you know watching the TV and the race and everything that you know the Truex's team put left side tires on the right side. What really would happen with that? My understanding was um, they had a tire set um, change at the very last minute. So like I, like I was saying before, how when you have last-minute changes, that's a huge change. So you have to take all those, those tires off, off the wall, switch them with another set. Because when we're coming in for a, a stop, you've got two tires that are already over the wall with the carrier because those guys can be on the ground. Um, so he's got to get those tires back over the wall, back behind – and then have all these new tires get out. Well, they swapped it at, at about as last minute as possible. So everybody was just kind of throwing things around, and it was it was kind of chaos. Um, and whether – I don't know whose fault it was, you know, whether it be the tire guy for, you know, putting the tire in the wrong spot. Um, you know, ultimately the tire carrier puts the tire on the, on the car. And we try to do things like uh, put tape on the tires – for certain certain sides get certain colors, so that's a tire carrier thing or a Jackman thing. They you know their left sides they'll make green tape and the right sides they'll do red tape or something like that. Um, I always wonder what that tape was for. <laughs> yeah, well, th- you have the color for the side, and then where the tape lines up. If you actually if you look at any picture of a freshly taped tire, um, where that tire lines up with is one of the spokes of the wheel. And so that's where they index the, the tire onto the car with because that's where they're putting their hand. Hmm. So, so uh, visually, okay. they don't have to look at the tire and, and, you know, look inside the wheel, find out where they're going to put their hand. They just they look at that tape, throw their hand in there, and then, then they look at the car knowing that their hands are in the right spot. They can throw that tire on there without, um, you know, wasting time. Interesting. Yeah. So, so George, I, I have a question. And say some some of our listeners are you know thinking about getting the younger crowd thinking about getting into being a NASCAR pit crew member. Mm-hmm. Where where can they go to school, or is there a school? I mean, because I heard you mention your school was that was yeah. that kind of like a teaching you how to work on the race cars, and then there was programs for pit crew. Is there just a straight pit crew? Um, there there are a couple schools um, specifically. Mine is uh, Excalibur Pit School. Um, I've been there for five years now. Uh, and, you know, the last, if I look at my list here, the last two years I've done over 100 races. So uh, each year. So we stay, we stay very busy. Um, and with the new changes, it might actually even help, you know, the, um, you know, the value of team, uh, an organiz- organization like this, because teams don't have development pit crew teams anymore. You know, you, you used to be, uh, you used to be able to go to a shop and say, Hey, you know, I, I, this is what I do. And you can do that thing, but they don't have the budgets anymore to, you know, to have a, uh, I guess a depth, you know, pit crew depth. They might have an, one singular extra team for four teams versus having, you know, two teams per team for all four teams. Um, but so mine's Excalibur Pit School. There's uh, Jeff Hammond has a, uh, a school called Five Off, Five On, which is uh, it's Pit Crew U, which is right down uh, pretty much in my backyard over here. 
in the, uh, the business park in Mooresville. But um, those are dedicated pit crew schools that send people to the racetrack every week. Um, as far as, you know, getting knowledge on working on the race cars, um, volunteer places. Um, you know, I went to NASCAR Technical Institute in 2009, 2010, um, and that gave me kind of a, a beginner look at how to work on NASCAR race cars um, as well as automotive stuff. But if you get in touch with somebody that's on one of these smaller teams, more than likely they will pay your way to get to the racetrack if you want to volunteer or pay you a, you know just a little bit. You're not going to make much or anything to begin with. We call it paying your dues. You got to get in the sport. You got to you know bust your tail um, a little bit to show that you want to be there because it's not it's not really it's it's not a job. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. So you I mean you're dedicating a lot of time. You're on the road, you know, 36 weeks out of the year, and this is how it is now we're we're not doing testing and stuff as much as we used to um or you know we're not doing stuff during the winter like the teams used to do so we're actually traveling a lot less now than 10 years ago 15 years ago and doing a lot less work but it's still a lot of work so so as a pit crew member george let me ask you this do you have to have a nascar license or does the team uh hand you a a what we call in the world a hot pass um, I, well, so I'm licensed, um, with our deal. Um, I, I pay for my license. It's, you know, it, I want to say the cup license is 1700 bucks. Wow. Um, but yeah, so, so we pay that, um, and we go to the racetrack and we get paid and everything, you know, the, the bigger teams will pay those expenses cause it's a, you know, it's an ancillary cost of having you there but a lot of those bigger teams will just get you what's called a hard card um so you don't actually have to get a hot pass when you're just licensed like me every week i go to the credentials trailer i get a hot pass but it's got a crew sticker on it because i'm i'm a crew member uh i'm on a particular list where you know my hot pass is a little bit better than uh everybody else's because i'm able to go everywhere being a over-the-wall crew member or a shop crew member or anything like that um but the the uh, the hard cards are pretty much just, you just flash it and keep walking. You can go anywhere, at pretty much any time when when the garage is open. I know that NASCAR took some crew members away from pit crews this year, especially in the Xfinity and uh, Truck Series, and they also have the races down there in the Xfinity. I think it's Xfinity and Truck. Might only be Truck, where pit stops are in a way taken away and they're only done under cautions. Uh, how does that affect your end of the job? Does that affect what you're trying to do out there? The strategy? What? Um, so yeah, it affects it. Uh, it's truck and Xfinity. Um, uh, okay. essentially what they did, they took two crew members away and both, I want to say both of those series. I think that that's the number, but, um, they're controlled pit stops. So you can't gain or lose anything if you do a pit stop within a certain period of time, which is, I think, a lap. Um, ARCA does this at some of their racetracks for their, their K&N. Uh, or, the, you know, they've got a list of races that are um, non-national races. Um, and it's funny because I was talking about this on, on stream the other day, and somebody had asked me, like, is it, you know, how much more difficult or how much easier is it to do a pit stop with 
you know, the, the controlled deal. Well, I mean, you still have to get that stop done by the next time the car comes around. So, I mean, you still have to do a 20-second pit stop. And so there are teams that still hire pit crew people to come in for a small, slightly lesser pay because less demand. But because it's hard, it's seriously hard to go change, you know, two tires even. Um, some of those shop guys, they just they, they can't do it. Um, and that's not their problem. That's just the nature of the beast. But uh, for us, they, they simplified the schedule to where all the companion stuff um, is pretty much normal pit pit stops um you know one of the weekends when when uh truck and xfinity is in iowa um we are out in california for sonoma for the cup series so that's why they you know instead of having crews in both places the crews are just pretty much allocated to go to one one place and not have to you know fly like last year for instance we went from or two years ago we went uh we flew from North Carolina to Iowa, um, drove from Iowa to Madison, Wisconsin for ARCA race. After that race, we drove four hours back um, overnight to a hotel, slept for a couple hours, went and did the Xfinity race in Newton, Iowa, and then flew from Newton, Iowa after the Xfinity race out to Sonoma, California, where we got there at like three in the morning uh, wow. and, and then had to be at the racetrack at, um, I don't know, eight o'clock, 830 in the morning get ready for a cup day so they all but eliminated um that sort of stuff from happening which it puts a lot less on us from a stress standpoint um it's easier logistically for the teams you know say you've got a Stuart Haas they've got um you know Xfinity and, and cup teams um but they also have crews. The pit crews do both Xfinity and Cup. They don't just have dedicated Xfinity, dedicated Cup. So it makes it a little bit easier for everybody. Uh, but it's still it's still difficult sometimes to get those uh, controlled pit stops done within the, the time allotted. Yeah, as we saw last year at Aldora, some of those some of those shop guys were having some difficulties. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know that. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that a lot of the shop guys are the guys that um, the road crew guys. They absolutely loathe pit crews because we come in there, you know, race day. We don't work on the car that you know six days prior, and we come in there and we can make mistakes. And when we make mistakes, we're obviously the bad guys. Um, and then we come in there during the race, and then we leave right after, and we get a check. Whereas they are working on the car all week and blah blah blah, and you know. I appreciate all that. I mean, anybody that's listening, I don't want them to want anybody to think like, Hey, I'm just, you know, talking crap about them. No, I've been there, done that. It's, it's, it's different, but come do our job. It's not, we, we spend time to, you know, do our job and do it well. And, and when, when you see things like that at Eldora, where it's like, Oh my gosh, we, we got to hustle. Yeah. It's, that's, that's the nature of our job every weekend. <laughs> it, it, it was definitely yeah. interesting. Um, you, you know, George, <laughs> I, I've ran dirt for so long and now I switched over to pavement, but I, I'm taking a hiatus for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about NASCAR really being on dirt again with just the trucks right now? Do you see NASCAR, you know, maybe bring in the Xfinity series? Uh, it depends. It, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised. 
um, that even the, the trucks went under it because they, they run the splitters now instead of a valence. Um, and it's just, it's a different deal. It, you know, you got to run a different setup. You know, ARCA, ARCA runs under it. They run what three or three races on dirt every year i think and they put up they put a they put a really good show on i think it's great but at the same time those cars aren't necessarily built to run on dirt yeah you look at the the um the bumpers on those things and these cars are already choked for air and you get you throw some dirt on there and it's i mean it's you've seen it with trucks they they overheat yeah a lot (laughs) yeah I mean, I think it'd be great. You know, they're talking. Uh, I've heard people talk every once in a while about, "Hey, we should throw the cup cars in dirt." Who, man, that'd be interesting. I, they'd have to cut down the number that ran. I would no, think on that track. No, you yeah. can. You can. If we're at Eldora, let's just use Eldora for example. Um, the one time they actually started thirty-eight super late models at Eldora for the uh, World One Hundred, and it got crowded. It was crowded. It was like Bristol watching Bristol, but. You know, mm-hmm. it is doable. If they're going to continue with this dirt and, and NASCAR, by all means, I'm nobody. But I'm a dirt fan first and foremost. I, I love my dirt racing. Uh, get rid of those damn windshields <laughs> and make them run screens, like make them run tear-offs. Let them, let them, let them get rid of that valence <laughs> on the, get rid of that splitter on the bottom and let them, let them, let them race. And let's, let's see some real racing. And, you know, it, it would, it, it would be different. <laughs> I would. I'd, I'd, would, hate, I'd hate to be the interior guy that had to clean it. <laughs> it would definitely, definitely uh, you know, show differentiate between the men and the boys at those dirt tracks. <laughs> it <yeah>. would. <laughs> I, I respect both disciplines, whether it's whether it's dirt or pavement. Um, you know, there's they've got their pros and cons to each of them. You got to have got to have talent to drive them. You got to have. I mean, anybody can drive them. Put it that way. But to do do it well and do it competitively, consistently is a different story you would see people like clip boyer and kyle larson come to the front real quick yeah, you, oh, yeah. you know what though you'd see you know i think you would see timmy hill and and you know not, not just kyle oh, larson yeah. and clint boyer come to the front but i i honestly nope. believe you would see kyle bush who who has run a lot of super late model races in his in, his, in a dirt car before he got rid of them you know i you I think you see a lot of these underfunded teams with drivers that are, you know, started out on dirt that would flourish if mm-hmm. there were more dirt tracks on the circuit. Yep. It's a different different level of talent. It's uh, like a finesse, I think, that you've got to really have. Not that you don't with, with pavement, but pavement you can, you know, just uh, – you can either let off early or you can get in the gas later or sooner and find speed that way. But dirt, man, if you – you know, in any moment, because you're in a damn near controlled slide the entire time. If you do too much, too little at any point around the racetrack, you're <laughs> you're going around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I want to tell you something. I, at Atlanta last year was my first time in the pits, uh-huh. and uh, that's actually where you would be met first face to face, face the first time. Yeah. Um, and I always appreciated the pit crew, but standing back there behind that wall, there was an empty pit stall beside beside Spencer's, and yep. it was like I was able to get a little bit closer than just being behind the pit box. And I'm like, wow, I never dreamed this much. You know, there there was this much involved on TV. They show you three seconds, and yep. standing there watching the whole thing, it's like, wow. You see all what happens, you know, during and 
you know, it's just like the tip of the iceberg, what you see on TV. And that, and that spring broke on him that the year I was there and y'all had to replace that spring. And I was like, wow, I've never seen how they did that. It just happened so fast. I was like, they just got a spring in there in like less than a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff it's designed, um, over the years they've, they've taken, you know, our street cars and taken it like, uh, I don't know, like a like an, like an erector set. That's kind of how race cars are put together. You know, we can, you know, take. I mean, we can we can tear down an entire car. Like say at the shop um, on a Monday, we you know we just got done racing, you know, 500, 600 miles or whatever, and we can take that car on Monday at the shop and have you know the suspension out, the motor out, the the fluid. I mean, everything. We can have it out by lunch, and and have the thing basically stripped down, um, the wrap or vinyl taken off of it and in the, in the wash bay to pressure wash it at, you know, wow. it's everything's made as long as the team works together the way that they're supposed to, you can do things really, really quickly. Not, it's not that it's not difficult, but um, you know, after doing almost like a cookie cutter deal, you do it so many times, everything just, you know, it's boom, 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 step one, step two, and you just roll through it. Let me ask you something. You're sitting there, you know, is the, you're nowhere near your pit stop, and you hear over that radio, I just cut a tire, I'm coming to pit road. How quickly are you moving? Um, <laughs> you're moving 10 <laughs> seconds ago when you hear that. <laughs> uh, I actually got caught in the bathroom uh, this year at Phoenix um, when we had our battery go dead. You know, Tommy came over the radio. This is for the Xfinity Series. Tommy came over the radio, and he's – uh, he says, guys, I'm, you know, motor sputtering, losing power. Um, we didn't know if he was losing power from the motor or that if he was losing, you know, just voltage. So, um, I was actually in the bathroom <laughs> when he came over and said that. And luckily the way the, um, the configuration of pit road there is, you know, the, we were at basically the start finish line. We were installed stall number three, um, and the there's a long pit road leading up to it because the pit road ends at start finish line. And so now you go through turn two, which is on the opposite side of the racetrack. And you have to go through pit road the entire time. So it's a yeah. long time from when they say, OK, you know, 3,500 second gear um, till when they actually get to you if you're around towards the end of pit road. So it's kind of like uh, kind of like Martinsville, how, <laughs> you know how it wraps all the way around. So if you're the one of the last stalls, just you're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. But, but yeah, so when, when they said, uh, coming down pit road, man, I'm hustling. I am hustling, <laughs> you know, get my suit zipped up, running back out there and, you know, getting the gloves back on, getting the helmet on. Um, a lot of times, um, if you're one of the first stalls in, uh, at any race, um, you'll just, you'll have everything ready at, at all times. But if you're towards the end of pit road, you have a little bit more grace time, grace period, if something like that were to happen, but it's our job to be ready, uh, at a moment's notice. Cause that's, that's just, we're the ones that are going over the wall to service the vehicle. So, um, it's, it's never a good thing when you have to, when you see a team rushing, cause that's kind of that chaos that we don't want to introduce. And that's when mistakes start to happen, but, uh, it happens. It's just one of them things we're racing so anything that can happen will that, happen. that is that, that is definitely true and, and you know bill you elaborated on being in the pits for your first time i actually uh 
been in the pits a couple times, you know, never really engaged, you know, close to the wall like that. But at Richmond, they were actually short a crew for spent a member for Spencer and the guys I've talked to them, the pit crew, they were from Stuart Haas. They were just a, a like a expanding year training crew or whatever they had getting experience with a lower team or whatever, how it was a farm system, I guess. And the guy said, Hey, you want to catch some tires? I looked at him. And I said, okay. And they handed me a pair of gloves. I was like, these tires aren't going to be hot. And, and they started laughing. And, and I was like, okay, what do I don't know? And when I touched those tires <laughs> with those gloves on, I could feel the heat just off those tires. But mm-hmm. to me, I got a new respect for y'all that go over the wall, uh, changing tires, whatever you guys do that go over the wall. You guys are definitely the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, the driver's in the seat and driving around. But I was always told, my great-grandfather, my uncle, my father always told me, you can put a perfect setup in a race car, but the monkey behind the seat and the steering, in the seat and the steering wheel, y'all can screw it up in a matter of 30 <laughs> seconds. And it is a true mm-hmm. statement. <laughs> yep, you're not, you're not lying there. But, George, where do you see yourself in five years from now? What are your goals? Um, well, I mean, obviously, I want, I'd, I'd like to be – you know, traveling. I want to win win more races. I want to be, you know, I'd like to win a championship. Um, that's uh, ultimately the goal with most people. You know, it's just a, the competitive nature. We're we're trying to win. We want to win the big deal. You know, um, it winning never gets old. I tell you that much. We won the ARCA race in Phoenix. Um, our our last ARCA race before the the virus took the world over, um, and it's just it's just a good feeling even if you have kind of a an iffy day you're still the ones that that cross that finish line first um and regardless of the series yeah you know got a couple wins in the in the cup series with marcos ambrose in the nine car at petty that was 2011 and 2012 that was the uh watkins glenn wins so everybody kind of knows about those um but um you know it it's tough because with so many changes happening uh, there's a lot of a lot of variables that aren't really known, but are going to change. So, I mean, who knows? Five years, I could be married, have a couple kids, and not want to travel on the road as much. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 29 years old. I'm not not old, but I'm not young either. So, I got a lot of stuff I want to do. Yeah. Would you like to, you know, eventually be with a team like Hendrick or Stuart Haas and, you know, maybe strictly be doing the Cup Series? Or do you really enjoy be working with these smaller teams? Uh, it depends on the situation. With, with my deal right now, I actually have um, a lot of ability to travel on my own and kind of do my own thing because I'm not, you know, I'm contractually obligated to practice and work with my current deal. But um, it's not... You know, I don't have as much uh, personal obligation, you know, when we're back home. You know, I, I, I go to pit practice uh, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, and then I have the rest of the day just do my kind of thing. You know, I got Monday off. Um, I've got um, Thursdays off. So I really have a lot of leave, leeway. Um, if the money's right and the travel's right, uh, of course, I'll, I'm, I'll I'd take a, a, a bigger offer. But, uh, I mean, it'd be dumb not to, you know, but I just, I want to win races at the end of the day. I think everybody wants to win races. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and, and you want to get compensated, you know, appropriately. You know, something like that. More pressure, um, more time, more pay. I mean, it, it comes I mean, down to money, but we love the sport. I mean, I've I've worked for years on on teams that couldn't really afford to pay a whole lot, but I still need to be, you know, at the track. I still got to be racing. Yeah, I mean, we see these guys out on, on pit road. They're changing the tires. They have these close calls. Um, have you ever had an incident where, you know, they could, somebody was coming in the pit stall in front of you and maybe got a bit too close to you for comfort? Or <laughs> I actually, last year, I got a, a couple of clips on my social media of Brandon Jones coming in behind us. Um, he was in the pit stall ahead of us, and he was the car that was behind us coming into pit road. Uh, and I was changing uh, front tires. So I'm going out to, you know, we come off the wall and I'm anticipating where our car is going to be. Um, and I actually didn't even see the car until the very last moment because my tire carrier, uh, was kind of blocking that, that line of sight. Um, not because he wasn't doing anything wrong. It just happened to be where he was. And so we didn't know Brandon was coming in behind us and they come in, they kind of filter through Man, I tell you what, I if I could have leaned about an inch back because I already had my back turned that way, uh, I probably would have got a little bit of the, the side <laughs> of the car with my butt. Wow. Uh, I had two, 2017, I had uh, my my left leg was kind of grazed by Joey Logano's car because he had um, come in ahead of us, and um, I was changing rear tires in this race. So I had finished my right side tires had, had taken the lug nuts off, put them back on. So I was traveling around to the left side and I planted, I went to go move to the left to come around the car. And that was at the same time that he was leaving his stall behind us. And it was a, I forget honestly which track it was. Um, but he had left and was, it was tight. So there wasn't much room between, his front bumper and left front of his car and the rear bumper of ours. And I was taking up that space. So, <laughs> so that was a close call. I almost ended up on his hood. Um, I know a lot of guys that have, you know, at Pocono, a couple guys got hit pretty, pretty badly. Had one guy break his back in 2016. I want to say it was, yeah. um, the car lost brakes. And I mean, he went straight into the hood with a Jack and everything. Finished the stop, still finished the stop, but uh, ended up uh, retiring after that race because he, he had broke his back pretty bad. Wow. You were talking about the air guns earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Just a, I had a question on that. Yeah. Well, what are these air guns jams or, you know, something goes wrong and it just stops working mid pit stop? Do you all have a backup already hooked up to the airline and everything that you could just, you know, spin around and grab or what's your options? Yeah, on Sundays every team um, gets three pit guns. They have a you know a front and a rear and a backup that we will will have hooked up. Um, I had one at Martinsville that the the button wouldn't switch. You know we switch a button to change the um, the direction of rotation on the guns to put them on or off. Um, yeah. But if at any time something like that happens, yeah, we have to get that other pit gun back over the wall and grab the backup and then continue finishing that stop you know sometimes we can have minor malfunctions and get through and limp through the stop and get it get it done um 
but sometimes you have, you know, major malfunctions where, you know, pick gun will break. We've had, I think Suarez had that happen uh, early last year uh, where the pick gun actually cracked in half. Um, and then, you know, we, we just try to do our best to, you know, we, we can only make the situation worse if we uh, don't keep our heads on straight. So we try to minimize the damage and make sure that we're not the ones that are adding to the problem. Yeah, I, I remember seeing, I think it was at Daytona this year, maybe, I'm not sure which race it was, but I remember the they were on the um, left sides, they'd already done the right sides, and the front tire changer, his gun broke, and so the rear guy, in the amount of time he turned to get the other one, the rear guy came running up, and he hit that last lug nut, and they were gone, so. Yep, yep. Uh, well, God, where did I have that happen? We had something like that happen. Um, I was changing rear tires, and and uh, a guy in the front, he had an issue. Similar to what you're talking about, I want to say it was like dang near the same thing, but he only had one lug nut on there. So luckily the tire was, you know, with camber, the tire wasn't falling off, but he still had to hit those other lug nuts. And there's some teams, um, because it's budget, it's a budget thing, you can save a little bit of money in the Xfinity series by um, not renting, because the teams have to pay for these guns every week. They rent these pit guns every week from... Um, united race parts so oh, wow. so they pay for them so the whole the whole thing about saving you know making teams save money and blah 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 it's a bunch of crap they, <laughs> they they spend a lot of money on these pit guns every week but um so what they'll do is instead of getting three they'll just get two two of these pit guns and so if something happens then they're royally screwed now if that pit gun breaks does united part do they they bring a new, new gun and swap it out yeah, we'll, we uh, we have to call an official, uh, or if you know the the guys are close, because there's a number of guys that uh, are up up and down pit road. Uh, a couple of them have been former pit crew members, so uh, we know them personally. But yeah, we'll call an official, and the official will radio to the uh, the the trailer to get um, you know a replacement to you know X pit stall. Good, that's good to hear. At least they do that for you guys. Well, yeah. crap. I mean, if they didn't, I uh, I think NASCAR would have have some words. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a little interesting watching one guy run around and do all four tires. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Morgan Morgan Shepard, you know, back in the day. Get you know, drive in, get out of the car, change all four tires, get back in, <laughs> drive off. That's for the beast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a different deal back then. You know, it's the the toughness and everything that I had to endure is a little bit different than now. Yeah, it's so. definitely a different ball game from when we were kids watching the sport and what we've seen from the 80s to the 90s to the early 2000s until now. And now with the new car coming mm-hmm. out in 2022, I've heard, I uh, haven't really confirmed that. I, I have seen some posts by people. Yeah, they, they pushed it out to 2022. NASCAR okay. did. Okay. Well, let me ask you something else. When you're sitting behind that wall and the race is going on and you're standing there and you're watching it and all of a sudden you see that car spinning through the grass headed straight for pit road. I mean, are you running to get out of the way or are, are you just like, uh, this has happened before? What, what What's going through your mind? Uh, now nah, we usually just stand and watch. Like, like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it depends. There's some places on pit road where you got to be a little bit more careful. Um, you know, if you're close to the entrance of pit road and there's a lot of pavement and cars are capable of, let's say, hitting the wall and coming down, uh, there's 
you know, they, they don't allow equipment on pit road or on yep. the pit wall during un, until the actual stop itself. Uh, for that reason, because all those, if you know, if a car comes in and hits that stuff, it becomes a projectile. Yeah, I mean, I've always watched these guys after the pit stops, even on green flag. It seems like they're they're over there and they're sweeping the pit box real quick. And my, you know, I've always wondered dude, what goes through their mind when they look up and that car's flying towards them. <laughs> uh, if, I mean, I guess if you're on pit road and, and you see something coming coming your way, you're diving. It's it's uh yeah, you're gonna be doing your 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 fight or flight and you better fly because you're not gonna win that fight. So so there's been times where we we're picking up uh lug nuts or you know cleaning up the pit box and then the car ahead of us or behind us uh comes on down pit road and so I mean we gotta get out of the way then too and that can be a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Usually we try to communicate between pit crew members um you know if if we're on a lead lap, and the car behind us is lap down. We'll communicate that we're coming in, but we also know, you know, they may be on a different cycle than us. So, yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you're you're telling me, George, I I, I got to got to see a lot of it at, at Richmond. Got to see a lot of it at Darlington. Um, when when you do, when the kids can come out on pit roads for sometimes. And before the race starts, you know, like they have the green flag experience at Martinsville where, you know, the pit crews are coming mm-hmm. across. Do you carry lug nuts in your pockets before the race to to uh, give out to these kids to kind of put a smile on their face? That's actually one of my favorite parts of uh, race day in general. Uh, I don't carry lug nuts with me between, you know, going from the garage into the, to the uh, – pit stall but i've we've always got some that are on the box um and that's one of my favorite things is even like during the race sometimes they'll be you know behind the fence or something you'll have kids up there and and if i see a kid there i'm giving them a lug nut i'm giving them i just i like it um the parents love it because it you know puts a smile on the kid's face if you get one that's still a little warm kids are always more intrigued by that so that's but you got to be careful because you don't want to give them a you know of a red hot lug nut, they get hot because there's. I mean, there's there's some races where I come home and I don't have fingerprints. That's how. That's Even how hot with the gloves you wear. Wow, yeah, I've got one. Yep. Wow, I've got one from uh, that Atlanta race from Michael and Ed's pit crew, and um, I was standing there. They just finished a the stop. There was a bunch. They were actually laying right there on pit wall, and I asked the pit crew member i said can i get one and he literally just grabbed it and tossed it to me i remember that sucker was pretty hot <laughs> yep yep yeah we uh i think it was 2017 we were at phoenix and uh i had we had just taken a set of tires off the, the car and we re-glued them so when i say re-glue we took lug nuts glued them put them back on the tire in case it's kind of an oh shit set in case something were to happen at yeah. the end of the race we had a, a kind of a, a spare set um, just to put on there if we needed it. But, uh, but I went to grab a drink of water and, you know, the water, a little drop had gone on the tire or in the rim and it, it boiled and was gone in, in no time. I got a video. There's, there's a video of it somewhere on my social media there too. Yeah. I'm going to have to go look that up That'd be interesting. Yeah. Huh? It's part of your job also. You see these guys after the pit stops and they're back there. They're burning that loose rubber off the tire and scraping. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that part of your job too? Nope. That's that's a tire specialist deal. Basically, okay. they're, they're, um, 
they call them marbles, the marbles on the tire that build up uh, when you're racing. They're nice and clean, but when you start, uh, you know, idling or going in any, anywhere else, it, the tire is so sticky that everything sticks to it as they're just rolling. You know, they're not scrubbing it off. So when a car comes down pit road, they they take that torch and and like a basically a spatula and um, you know heat the rubber up enough just to clean it off so that they can put a depth gauge on um, the the tread indicators. You know, there's just these little, like, almost like holes in the tire that just yeah. give you an idea how much uh, tread, you know, they write down and they record what the tire had when it was brand new, and then they record it after, you know, a certain run. That's the main thing about practice. They do this in, in practice the entire time. Um and so they get an idea how much the tire is wearing and what adjustments they can do to uh, improve the wear or and they can tell how the car is handling by the wear. But that's that's all the tire specialist does. He just, you know, he or I shouldn't say it's all he does. Um, that's all the tire specialist job takes that information, plugs it into a computer and and the engineer sees it, the tire uh, or the crew chief sees it. Um, but he takes care of all of that. Let me ask you something else. Uh, back when I was a kid, I remember that in practice, these drivers go out there and they'd run two or three laps and scuff these tires up and come back mm-hmm. in and they'd be ready for the race. Did, does the team still do that or are they allowed to do that? Yeah, they still do that. Uh, there's some tracks where the first couple laps on a set of tires, you know, doesn't have it doesn't have any heat or a heat cycle in them. Uh, doesn't have as much grip. Some, you know, some some of the tracks have a little bit better wear over the long run, and typically that's where they'll run. The, uh, the scuff set in, but uh, I would say there is a fraction of that that happens anymore because uh, the cars have so much grip anyway. Um, they typically just have have you know say our allotments ten sets. They might have three sets of scuffs, wow. and the rest of them are uh, stickers. <laughs> but for my team uh, with the Rick Ware deal, being a lower budget team, we buy a lot of. Um, sets off of other teams so if they run you know two laps on them our our tire specialists will go to that team and say hey we'll pay you this amount of money for that set of tires that's got you know two laps left or two laps used on it because you can still run you know we'll say 60 laps uh 80 laps on that set of tires they just have a heat cycle on them and don't have that that goodie on them that uh they they might if they're brand new but you might spend a thousand dollars on that set of tires versus twenty five hundred dollars for that set of tires. Ah, uh, okay. Some of these so, tracks. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just, I was just, so that's a way that you know when you have fifteen sets of tires that you have to buy in the course of a weekend, fifteen thousand dollar tire bill is a whole lot better than you know forty thousand dollar tire tire bill for that week. Absolutely. Uh, some of these tracks, we see them put down this track compound that helps these cars stick. Does that make, when you're changing the tires, does that make that tire stickier to your glove? Is it harder to get rid of? Nah, no. That uh, I don't. We don't ever touch the outside of the tire um, as pit crews. You know, when you're put, putting the tire on as a carrier or a jackman, you kind of have your, t- your hand on the sidewall. Okay. But it, that doesn't affect us at all. If anything, it just makes the tires hotter because there's more grip on them. Um, more grip means more friction. So, um, but we actually that compound that PJ one um, that they put on their racetrack. A lot of times we put that in our on pit road also because wow. it's it's for us 
um, you know, when if it's a slippery pit road, like uh, anything that's concrete, it's it's a much more slick surface because it's so smooth. Um, and then also when the car is leaving or entering pit road, you give them a little bit more grip. They might have that edge on pit road leaving to gain you know an extra spot because they have more grip leaving versus sitting there spinning the tires and spinning the tires while they're taking off. Okay, that's you, you know, George, I want to ask mm-hmm. you, what's up with the straw hat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I've actually failed this year on wearing it. I wore it uh, mm-hmm. to Daytona, and, but then we went out west, um, and I didn't want it to get wrecked, so I just I left it at home. Um, but I... I just forget why I started wearing it, um, but somebody was giving me crap, and they were like, "That thing is stupid. Like, why do you? What are you doing?" And it was just like a hot day or something. I wanted to, you know, something to wear to cover up my my face and my neck. And somebody just started talking crap about it, and they're like, "And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm gonna keep wearing this thing." <laughs> and because it, it picked up, and you know, people would eventually come up to me and. Uh, they were like, what'd you do, lose a bet? I was like, nope, I just wear it because I want to wear it, and I don't care what you think. <laughs> your signature, your signature, you know, piece of... Yeah, well, oh. and now people people know me as the guy with the straw hat, and yeah. it's not a bad, you know, it's not like I'm known because I went streaking in a hotel, or it's, <laughs> it's not like I'm known for for having terrible pit stops. I'm just known as the guy that wears a straw hat. Like, how, how can you not uh, laugh at it, or, you know, there's nothing bad coming from it i just it's just something different actually uh i'm on on straw hat 2.0 now because the my original got uh got pretty pretty used up and started coming apart so i had to um i actually bought two of them last year at charlotte because i found a vendor um before the race because we don't typically get to go out to the vendor areas that actually we never do um so i got to the track early and was walking through the vendor area and saw um this person that was selling straw hats i said hell yeah they're like two dollars a piece so i got two of them i gave one to Brittany, and i've got one myself so she's got one at the house <laughs> and i'm and i'm rocking the second one it's, it's i'm still stretching it out so like george you, you brought up the straw hat you brought up Brittany, which you know i hope she's okay with us telling everybody in the world that that's your your girlfriend um how, what do you contribute yeah. to you meeting her because she's in maine and you're in north carolina yeah, actually, we uh, we met on uh, through social media through her sister. So uh, her sister is pretty pretty active on social media, uh, actually Twitter specifically. And uh, we were on our way to Bristol one one morning, and I just seen a this was uh, um, eight twenty eighteen. Uh, it was a spring Bristol race. We were on our way out there, and um, she was a Ryan Blaney fan. So uh, her sister is. So I I grabbed a couple pictures and sent uh, of the car and sent them to to her because she likes obviously they like racing well she was talking to me you know she's talking to me about um you know boys and things like that so i was giving her advice and whatever and then she tells me she has a sister i'm like oh that's cool and you know whatever and so i you know start talking to her sister a little bit and um start talking to her some more they're in their home track is north uh um, um, New Hampshire. So, um, so I finally got to meet them. We went out there and raced. And since, since that day, you know, I met their, their parents were there with them. So it was like, uh, it was like, meet the parents, meet you for the first time. 
and there hasn't been a day since then that we haven't talked all damn near all day. That's so awesome. She, she she came down to Charlotte last summer. Um, I went up to Maine. Was supposed uh, to come down to Charlotte this year. Uh, they were they were supposed to be down here this last week, but because they're healthcare workers, they, um, you know, and this, everything being shut down, not being a mandatory uh, trip, they kind of just personally said no we really shouldn't because you get you you come down here and you go back up there you have to you know you're supposed to self-quarantine yourself for two weeks and then it just ends up being a mess so we're pretty much in a holding pattern like a lot of the country without knowing when we can start doing all this normal (laughs) again yeah stuff that we took for granted that you did every day and now it's like wow this isn't happening this isn't happening so yeah let, let me ask you one other thing. Last year, you were traveling around with a pickle, a stuffed yeah. pickle. Whatever happened to that? Um, it's actually right here. <laughs> <I've> got, <laughs> so that was one of those it, inside joke. It started at New Hampshire when I met Brittany. Which she, the, um, there was just this pickle Rick thing that they had, and it was just funny. Um, so Richard call it richard so we called it our dick pick <laughs> it just, it, so at every every racetrack i would just get a, a random picture unique to that place with with richard that was my funny. weekly dick pick that's awesome <laughs> but that was cool that's so cool. i mean it's just it's it's just kind of stupid nonsensical adult you know kind of humor and it's just uh, just some, something stupid and random, and that's just kind of how that's kind of how my life <laughs> rolls. Just just it, random and stupid. I remember the first time I saw one, and I, I just friended you, and all of a sudden I see then this week's dick pick, and I'm like, "Well, what the heck?" <laughs> You're like, "What the fuck did I just sign up for?" <laughs> that's what I'm worried about when you and Brittany come to Florida and we go to Disney World, George. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, uh what you know heck? you know george but, uh, we were yeah. uh the wife and i went to the the summer race for for daytona about uh was it two years maybe two years ago um god it seems so long um had, texting you all day got you know couldn't get meet up that time period seen you on pit road walking down pit road with your straw hat i I knew exactly that was you. Took a picture of you, sent it to Brittany, mm-hmm. and Brittany goes, "That's George." <laughs> mm-hmm. Heck, the only reason I knew you that day when you walked out of Spitzer's Holler, I'm like, "Wait a minute, there's Strat." <laughs> yep. Well, and it's funny because I'll, I'll go to the racetrack um, if I don't have the hat. Uh, people, some people don't even recognize me. Like they're they're looking for the guy with the straw hat. They may not even know my name. I uh, we were in California early last year for the West Coast Swing, and uh, you know I'm wearing a straw hat, which isn't like a a normal quote unquote normal uh, crew member attire. And so every time I go back and forth through uh, one of the gates to go from garage to pit road, that this guy would stop me every single time. Hey, straw hat, where's your pass? I need to see your pass. So. <laughs> So I, I got, uh, you know, the nickname Straw Hat, which, you know, I've been called much worse I have. in my life. I can't argue. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's... So are you, do you have any plans during this, this off period to try to get into one of these? Um, I know you can't get into the Pro Invitational, but I know they're running some races like on uh, 
Saturday last week, we had the one that had everything from ARCA. There was a couple of non drivers in it and everything. Do you have any uh, aspirations to jump in one of those and, and get out there with the, with the big boys like that while you're at home? Um, I'm well, so I, ironically, I'm trying to get uh, into the pro invitational because that's it. Uh, they don't have any pit crew members that are running it. And I know um, the guys that are that pretty much organize it. So, um, I, I mean, I maybe not. I probably won't get into that. But, um, you know, I'm running a lot of the races that, uh, that Garrett Smithley is running because we're, we're buddies. Yeah. Um, and so I think Ryan Ellis is doing another Friday night league uh, that they're, that they're going to be running. Uh, Landon's doing a um, – we were running a race in, in Monza, which is a, an Italian track that they have an oval um, tomorrow and on Monday. So, um, I mean, we've we've got all kinds of all kinds of stuff going on. We've got all these drivers and everybody looking to try to get some just unique people into it. If somebody wants to come watch you i race, where can they find you on Twitch or where? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I stream on Twitch. Um, Usually, if not every other day, uh, every every couple days, um, and it's like the the Twitch handle is uh, Curious Fifty Two, like Curious George, and then the number Fifty Two. Okay. So, um, but I try to I typically get on there and you know I'll drink a couple beers and whatever and have a good time. I try to interact with everybody. You know, I stream through Facebook as well um, under F- Curious Fifty Two as well. So um, there's a page there. But uh, with all this extra time that we've had, I've, I've been able to stream quite a bit more. Um, I've been a streamer for two and a half years, so I've got a little bit of a following on top of that. But recently, the influx of all this popularity and, you know, being a already established streamer and iRacer and then having uh, all of this publicity or popularity come in, too. Uh, it's pretty fun. I was telling... Um, um, I was telling him earlier that, you know, I, before this recent boom, I might have, you know, 10 or 15 average viewers. Um, now I'm, uh, you know, 40 or 50 average viewers, which is wow. unheard of for just a random guy just playing a game. <laughs> do, you, do you see, do you see iRacing, when we go back to normal racing, do you see iRacing still being popular with, with the, uh, with the drivers, you know, maybe even get some television time during the off season or something, or I, you know, I think, I think it's going to maintain a little bit of popularity. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have signed up for iRacing since it's become kind of the, the focal point for racing. Um, it's not going to be as popular, but I mean, it's been around for a, a decade and it, this is only helping it gain more of a foothold um, yeah. in the racing scene. And it, but like you said, in the off season, I think it's going to pick right back up, and we're going to see uh, televised events. It may not Dumb. be on FS1, or you know, might not be on Fox like it is now. But um, you know, they've already got TV times, slots, and everything for these races. So why maybe not you be on them? their app or something where they have exclusives for the app, like the Fox yeah. Sports app or something? And... Yeah, I mean, and there's also um, all kinds of other outlets, media outlets, to stream or to broadcast these races. So you I, know know, there's I run a... a Tuesday Night League, and you know, we got I think it's a Rubbered Up Racing Network or something like that. That that I mean, there's just all kinds of people that are putting this content out there. So it's, it's not terribly hard to find. 
Yeah. Um, there's some schedules and of course everything is still fluid that showing these guys racing in the middle of the week. And then again on Sunday, uh, that's good. We know that's going to be tough on them. How hard is that going to be on a pit crew? Uh, I, I think the toughest part of it is just the logistics and traveling. We're going to get, we're going to be on the road a lot. So that, you know, they had released that kind of preliminary schedule for, in, and there was what eight cup races in July. Yeah. So that's eight cup races. What? Well, you got to think we got cup Xfinity and trucks running too. So if you do the math there, plus ARCA, we might be running 30 races in the month of, uh, in July in 31 days. Wow. So there's a lot of, uh, once we hit the ground, we're going to be, we're going to be running and it's going to go and it's going to go, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a challenge to get all the stuff in, you know, for the race teams, the smaller teams, like say my roommate works, uh, he's a mechanic and traveling mechanic for premium motorsports. They have, sometimes they have issues with getting enough cars built for, you know, one weekend, let alone two weekends during, uh, normal race season. Yeah. They'll be on, they, they leave the shop. Uh, we'll say, they travel travel days Thursday, and they're at the, the track Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or just Saturday, Sunday, depending, uh, for the Cup Series. And uh, so on a normal weekend, you double that travel time, and you double the amount of output these guys have to, uh, you know, produce. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be very stressful. There's going to be people that... Um, it's going to be people that decide, you know, this just isn't for me. So yeah. it'll be yeah. interesting if they end up doing that. It's going to separate the men from Absolutely. the boys. Kind of like what, you know, the World of Outlaws has what's called Hell Tour. In seven days, they have eight races. Yeah, that's, I, Which, yeah, I've seen that. The reason they can have eight races in seven days is one's a double header. Right. Well, that's what, we're like gonna, that's what we're going to end up having. Yeah, at Pocono, we've got that double header, and they're, I think it, that they had a, another double header for Michigan. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if they'll change the mileage of those races because, you know, they did for Pocono. It's like two 350-mile races instead of 400s, something like that. So they're slightly shorter. Um, but, I, I mean, honestly, NASCAR can do whatever the hell they want. They that is true. That is absolutely will. true. Um George, is there anybody out there really that supports you a lot, that gives you motivation while you're, you know, dealing with all this stress of not having, you know, racing right now to have an income? Um, I mean, my family, uh, income-wise, I, I, for the most part, uh, just kind of do my own thing. You know, if I try to, um, you know, you got to be mindful of um, – sometimes things can happen so you know i'm doing my best I'll be, i mean i'll be fine but you know i've got my family i've got Brittany and her family that have really they've really reached out and been like hey if you need anything just let us know and you know there's there's all kinds of people out there that just straight up say if you need help let me know i don't need, i don't have to know you or anything blah 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 i think there's a there's a lot of kindness that's coming out of um the the hardship that everybody's dealing with in, in all of this. So, which I think is, I, I think it's great. And, and I hope it continues uh, just for humanity in general. But, um, but I mean, for the most part, I just kind of hang out here. I 
watch TV, watch a whole lot of TV, sit on my phone, scroll through social media, get on my computer stream. And that's kind of my social <laughs> interaction with people. Um, you know, I, I talk to Brittany on FaceTime every day, usually um, at least an hour, but it, we might sit on FaceTime for three and a half hours. You know, it just, it just depends on the day, what we got going on, what's going around and everything. So I always tell her, I said, just give me a call. I'll be sitting here with all me and my friends. Which nah, you, know, you got myself. us. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, I, I, yeah, I know. It's just, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's, I don't mind it, but I'm a, I'm a social person, so I like to, I like to go and do things. It's like sometimes you just sit here and you're like, uh, I want to just, I mean, I just want to go out and eat, eat lunch at the bar, or you know, I want to go get dinner uh, instead of ordering a pizza every night. Which don't get me wrong, I can, I can eat. You know, four How pizzas you a day and be perfectly happy. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I probably, but, uh, you probably know, won't you know, stay George, like this forever. You mentioned, <laughs> you know, how we're all doing our best and and how we would love right now. I mean, me and my wife, we we talked about this last night. How much we would love just to go out to a restaurant soon and and interact with other people, uh, even to the races. You know, I got rid of my pro truck. I sold it to a young a young guy. Um, not that I'm mm-hmm. complaining cause now I'm like, yep, cool. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm looking at other avenues, uh, to do stuff, but you know, my wife and I were talking last night, we would love to go out to eat and we were talking about what's going to happen after all this, you know, n- social distancing and no traveling, what the country is going to look like once all those are gone. And I told her, I said, you know what's going to happen? You're going to see people that have mm-hmm. never gone to a racetrack go to a racetrack. You're going to see people that have never don't really go out to eat go out to eat. You're going to see America come roaring yeah. back like you have never seen before. And that's my personal opinion. It, it is what it is if you don't agree with me. But I truly feel that once we get done with what's going on, this country and the people that are so stuck at home and can't do anything – I honestly believe it's going to come. People are going to just stay home, you know, not home. What I'm saying, home is here in the United States and travel and spend money, not go abroad. Yeah, I mean, my opinion is I think there's going to be obviously there's going to be a lot of businesses and things that shut down due to hardships. Um, But, you know, the businesses that are able to stick through this. Um, or, you know, stick this out because this is such a unique situation. We haven't ever had to deal with anything like this. Um, I just, I think we're going to see, you know, a lot of people supporting their local businesses, you know, have, have a little bit more of a, an open mind, not an open mind, but like a, um, an empathy for, you know, maybe not ordering from, uh, not necessarily Chinese company, Taiwanese and, you know, a, 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 a non-domestic company you're gonna i think we're gonna see a lot of uh mom and pop shops centralized support Uh, but i yeah i but i i agree with you i think everything once everything gets started back up people are gonna be gun shy initially but you know like the stock market the stock market's gonna come back we're gonna see um you know all the stuff i think is gonna return to normal i think that I think that, you know, this iRacing is reaching a lot of kids who might not normally turn on a race, you know, or Mm -hmm. sit down and watch it. But they're like, oh, this is like a video game. And they're sitting there watching. Mm -hmm. And when this is all over, they're going to say, hey, mom, hey, dad, look, they're racing at Bristol and there's tickets available and they're really cheap. Can we go? So, yeah. 
Yeah, so at, 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 that's, a good, it's, that's a good point. You're gonna, it's that exposure and the ability for these kids to get on their computer and and drive it. Yeah. You know, and, and it not be like a um, like a console game where you've got a controller. Like when you can get get a wheel, it's just so much more immersive and it's and it's accurate. So it's hard. I, I think all then, these tracks that are having these empty seats that we're we're going to see those seats filled there's not going to be an issue there yeah i think there'll be a a, a renewed appreciation for the you, uh, you know george the you just touched on something yeah. that i want to talk about real quick here that bill and i really haven't talked about on the podcast but we talked about it privately you know we've seen a lot of people bash nascar mm-hmm. with the changes and everything but since nascar kind of went away and people are now just dealing with it with the eye racing they're more appreciative like i think everybody's got a dose of reality a dose uh, a reality check that hey you know what any given time anything can be gone appreciate it what you have while you have it mm-hmm. and i think you're absolutely right once we do get back racing with fans uh if that happens you know right away great if not you know as long as we get something back going let's let's go yeah, and it'll be a new normal. It won't be the same normal, obviously, because you know this kind of thing changes how people run and how things you know go about normalcy. But um, I, I think it'll be a lot more appreciated, and and I have seen a, a, a decent bit less <laughs> negativity towards um, racing, and you know, but I mean, there's still you're going to have haters regardless, but. You know, everybody that hates on all the changes that NASCAR makes, it's like, okay, well, what what other sport do you not see changes in? And you you gotta you gotta kind of evolve with the times. It's not not like we're getting rid of racing. At the end of the day, like I said earlier, you know, we're still racers. We're still trying to, you know, as soon as that green flag drops, we're going as fast as we can to get to that checkered flag. So it's just a different different look to it you know the aesthetic changes a little bit and the 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 vibe kind of changes a little bit but at the end of the day i mean you're still trying to and race right, so that's not trying to go fast turn left out there <laughs> <laughs> i don't like road yeah, courses yeah. i'm with you no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrible. i, I say horrible. that because i suck at driving. Um, that's why you know <laughs> bill george we all are we first and foremost we're race fans before we have any kind of anything to do with racing and whatever level it is. But, you know, one thing I will say is the way the haters ha- are, are pretty bad out there. But, you know, the NASCAR world lost a very good member. He was a great Kyle Bush fan. You know, I-, I saw Kyle put a social media post out there, and then he was on a video chat talking with some- talking with his fans on Twitter about – you know, making sure you love your loved ones more and more each day because we really don't know when we're not going to be here again. And I know he was talking about his good buddy, and I'm not going to say his name or anything because that's, that's private there. Um, but you, can, as a Kyle Bush fan, yep. I can see it really, really hit him hard, and you saw the true emotion of Kyle and what he what he really thinks of his fans and of everybody in this world that he actually cares and you know he gets the bad rep of being you know the the kind of a jerk but in all honesty i've seen kyle after a race where he's wrecked i didn't have any kyle bush stuff on 
but he came up to I I said hi to him. He said hi to back and and he shook my hand and and he did sign some stuff for some people. But he is not what the what the media for NASCAR puts out as being the the jerk is he, that they're saying he is. Yeah, I I, I I mean everybody has their days, but he's no. I mean I think he's he's not as bad as as he used to be, especially, but. You know, when he get mad, I mean, he, he, he's got a right to get mad sometimes. I mean, just like everybody else, people make stupid mistakes or um, you, know, you just don't have a good day. And maybe you're just having a bad day. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's human. Well, George. Uh... <laughs> wow. We have been running yeah, super well. This is a record it, for it us. Is. <laughs> I, I just now look at the thing and, and, and George, I don't want to take up more of your time. I know you're probably wanting to get ready to call Brittany. She probably should be off work soon, but, um, you know, man, I want to thank you very much for coming on this podcast with us. We look forward, we look forward to getting back to racing soon. Yeah, man, no problem. And once we get back and we're, and we're racing and, and some of that stuff has been going on, that back to normal, when, when you get a chance, I'd like to have you back on and just talk about what new norms are now for a NASCAR. But, well, I do have one question, though, before I let you go. When you want to bring Brittany to the racetrack, you know, can you get her in with with your pass, or does she have to have something special from the team? She would have to have uh, basically like um, like Bill when you went to the racetrack last yeah. week. She just she just have to get uh, a hot pass like that, which we would uh, you know get her on a list that yeah. uh, she'd be able to come in there, so it wouldn't cost her anything. Because some tracks you can actually buy a hot yeah. pass. But Daytona like $700. is seven hundred. <laughs> They'll sell some, yeah. but they're very limited. But they're worth it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right. yeah, I'd have never been in, on pit road in Atlanta if it hadn't been for Spencer and Young's Motorsports. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we basically I would, I would organize with uh, one of the teams. Um, you know, I did it last year for New Hampshire to be able to get them um, on pit road. Her and her family, uh, you know, actually, well, her dad and sister uh, came out there with. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, eventually. I mean, she's going to go back to a racetrack. We just hopefully they this uh, virus stuff doesn't keep so fans too, from George, the racetrack. Again, I want to thank you for coming on, Bill. You know, we've had a, we, we've learned it, it, we've learned a lot about what pit crew guys go ball. through. You know, George and I. Again, thank you very much. Stay safe, my brother. You know, we'll talk soon, and and mm-hmm. we'll be safe, my friend. Just. Yeah. yeah, feel free to uh, just let me know if you want want to have me back here. I'd be, be more than happy. To <laughs> we'll we'll like that and shoot and, the shit you know, with you guys. And, right, and maybe we can get your roommate to join you too. We like we'll that. Talk about what he goes through because he's a shop guy, right? He he works in the shop. Yeah, yeah. he's we not much of a people that. person, but I might be able to convince him. <laughs> All right, <George. laughs> All right, well, I'll let All you guys right, finish up, and I'll uh, I'll catch you on the flip side. All right, sounds good, man. Thank you. All right. Yep. Bye bye. That was yeah, really he, interesting, you know, Scott. I've heard the I always tease him before the races when I would talk to him and, and tell him he's going to play the biggest high speed game of a Frogger. Um, but let's be honest, you know, our friends that are out there <laughs> racing and you know being pit crew members, please, guys, be safe when you're there. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to lose any more friends. Yeah, um, absolutely. I also want to. Your heart, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. I was going to say, your heart stops anytime you see one of those crew members just go flying over the hood or have to jump in the air and, you know, try to clear a car. It, your heart stops. Doesn't matter who, no, whose crew it is. Especially with the drivers. You don't want to see that. Too. But, you know, 
let's let's give a shout out to all yeah. the nurses, the doctors, the EMTs, the firefighters, the police officers who are right. Yeah. The CNAs, the nursing, you know, all of that, the nursing home workers, um, all, all of those that are on the front line right now, you know, and they they're, deserve they're, they're they're superheroes in their own right. Some of these professional athletes. Actually, you know what? Let me say all athletes because without them, yeah. we wouldn't have a healthcare system that could take care of us when we get sick. And, you know, I want to say thank you to them. You guys in my book deserve yeah. triple time what you're getting paid now just because of what you're dealing with. It's uh, they're they're definitely you know people took them for granted for so long and right now it's like you see these cities and these towns that you know that that are sending out every time as the nurses get off from a shift they are all applauding across an entire huge city or they're they're cheering or something from their windows and I've watched the videos and you know it's something in my opinion that should have been done every day for a long time but the cops line up they give them you know they're clapping them in. It, these guys yeah, deserve absolutely. every every recognition they anymore. get. You know, and, and hopefully this is over soon and we're back to normal. And you know, we we've all in this country have learned what's really more important than than what's not important, and and that's you know love yeah. of our family, love of our friends, and appreciate who really matter. And, and let's you know not forget the grocery store workers who are who are countlessly working to pro- put yeah. stuff on the shelves and being at high risk too. Let's not th- forget them guys too, you know, cause without them, we wouldn't have any. Not at all. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get out of here, why don't you tell uh, our listeners who we got surprise, as a guest next we week? We have Garrett Smithley and our buddy Spencer Boyd's one main sponsor, uh, Rich Mar Flores, the owner, Jonathan, is going to be. Uh, we uh, he's the owner. So we, we have, have a double uh, guest. Rich Mar Flores' owner, Jonathan, on the show with us next week, um, and we might have a surprise guest. I'm not sure yet; haven't confirmed. Um, but we may have we may have two guests yeah. at the same time as a kind That'd of a surprise fun. guest. Um, haven't haven't heard a confirmation yet from that. That would be fun. Person, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you know yeah, he's, know he's I racing about. right now and trying to keep you know mentally sharp for race season and and I want to say keep on keeping on buddy and, and and we'll catch you there but we also you know let's not forget one very special lady to us with our best our best buddy Spencer her his mom's Bonnie her birthday is today you know Mrs. Boyd happy birthday from everybody here and all of our listeners we want to wish you a very special day and and I hope you get to do something special if you can. Yeah, absolutely. I hope she has a wonderful day. And, uh, you know, before we, one last thing before we get out of here, uh, this in. is actually what our fourth show. We're a month in um, to, the, to this podcast. So it, it's been a pleasure doing it so far. It, it's and been I'm, fun. I'm really it's looking forward to where this is going. We learn, you know, talk to some new guys, talk to a, guy, a couple guys we know and, you know, it's starting to branch out, but you know, in two weeks, uh, the week after Jonathan, we have a guy. Uh, it's Ransom Xfinity Races. He's run uh, Super Late Models, and he's run Northeast Modified. Which, Bill, you don't know what a Northeast Modified is. Uh, Brandon Hightower, he's going to be one of our guests, and then after that, uh, we have the Carolina Sprint Tour yeah. owner, co-owner, I should say, uh, Mike Sellers. He's going to be on talking about the Carolina three hundred five. 
race saver sprint tour after that. So right now we got some good stuff coming up and then, you know, hopefully we hopefully we can lock down some more of more sponsors Absolutely. And, and, you know, find out what made them, you know, want to be involved in NASCAR and racing and, and get a little bit more of an insight of what it goes on to make those decisions. But, you know, Bill, it has been a great Saturday afternoon. I'm sitting in my backyard. Uh, you're, you're, you're kind of on your porch from what I understand. Uh, so you have, some self-service everybody's on their cell phone and service is kind of horrible but you know guys please be safe out there wash your hands yeah and and don't forget to love your family more each day because we've taken a lot of stuff for granted and and buddy we will we will i will talk to you more you know through the week obviously but you know we'll but we'll get we'll get here and do this thing all over again next saturday All right, sounds good, man. Everybody, stay safe out there.